Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. The latest Project Guardian report from the Monetary Authority of Singapore explores the implication of asset tokenization, with 11 new partners announced to expand the digital ecosystem in the areas of asset, wealth management, fixed income and foreign exchange. We take a closer look at the emerging digital asset network here in Singapore and what the changes could mean for you. What other financial asset classes could potentially be tokenized? Saga Sarpai is Global Head of Business Solutions and Advisory at Fireblocks. He joins me live now. Good morning, Saga. Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to all the listeners. Maybe a short primer would be useful, Saga. We know the concept of tokenization precedes blockchain technology and that, in fact, since the 70s, the financial services industry has implemented some form of tokenization meant to protect clients' confidential information. Help us understand what tokenization is from your perspective. Sure, happy to. Let me take a step back and explain in very simple words what tokenization actually means. So tokenization is the process of creating a digital representation of a traditional or alternative asset on the blockchain. Now, let me try and explain this by giving three examples. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first example, let's take the example of of this very precious painting placed at the National Museum of Singapore. Now, the authorities can tokenize that painting and create several blockchain tokens at the back of that. Now, each token can then designate fractional ownership of that painting. And while the museum still remains the custodian of the painting, but the ownership is divided across several owners who can then trade in these tokens freely in the open market. Now, royalties can be baked into a smart contract. And each time a token is traded, the museum uh, or the authorities can get royalties paid automatically. So that's the example. That's one example. Mm-hmm. Let me give one more example. Let's take the example of uh, a private equity fund, uh, a KKR or a Blackstone. Now, historically, you have to be very, very rich to get exposure to that particular asset class. But with tokenization, uh, private equity firms can tokenize and fractional ownership and reduce the ticket size, thus broadening the reach uh, of that instrument and also democratizing financial services. Now, in Singapore, we have a massive asset management industry of almost $5.4 trillion, and that would be massively impacted with tokenization uh, in the future. And I would just understand this is not limited to financial services only. I mean, if you are a large private sector player or even a government looking to launch a heavy, highly capital-intensive infrastructure project, you can also then look at tokenization by broadening the uh, investor base and reducing the gestation period and also having an impact on uh, climate and environment. All right. So a lot of implications there on fundraising, potentially democratizing ownership of uh, expensive assets. I'm glad you brought up the example of a real world asset of a painting, because that leads into this next area that I'd like to explore, the relationship between tokenization and cryptocurrencies. So if I'm trading tokens, does that supplant the use of cryptocurrencies? How have you seen tokenization of real world assets develop as a part of the crypto industry? I think for uh, for a long, long time, in fact, since the inception of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, Mm. the critics of blockchain and crypto have said that this is a hammer looking for a nail. But I think tokenization is that one example which actually solves real world problems. Now, from in my view, Mm. cryptocurrency is 
uh, a subset of the broader digital assets industry. Mm-hmm. So these are two separate things. Yes, there are many overlaps. In the future, imagine uh, creating a flywheel effect where you have multiple tokenized real-world assets and financial instruments. You have the central bank digital currencies. You have bank-issued stable coins. And then you have the crypto ecosystem with Bitcoin, ETH, and other tokens. And all these coming up together, creating this beautiful flywheel effect where you could have a lot of transactions happening on the blockchain, having real-world impact on the economy and uh, frankly, the lives of people. Okay, so they don't supplant cryptocurrencies. They can all coexist. Absolutely, absolutely. What are some key benefits of tokenization? What sort of opportunities uh, does it allow for that would matter to investors? Sure. So again, uh, uh, going back to the financial services uh, example, right? So Mm -hmm. if you are looking at an illiquid asset class, private equity or venture capital, historically these these have been illiquid asset classes. With tokenization, Issuers or fund owners can democratize the reach, broaden the investor base, also start accessing investors cross-border. So, And then also if you're a large bank or an FMI or an exchange, you can then also have massive implications on reducing costs and improving efficiencies, leveraging blockchain technologies and, and smart contracts. And again, I'll go back to the example of real-world assets. So like uh, the Chinese authorities actually tokenize uh, 2 billion RNB hydroelectric power part of the Belt and Road Initiative. And again, that that is uh, not just a hypothetical example, but a real-world example of a, of a government tokenizing uh, infrastructure plant. Obviously, they were able to uh, broaden the investor base, and that gave a sense of community to the, to the members, to the investor base. So I think there are multiple uh, implications. Papers have been written on it, and I personally believe that in the next five to six years, 10% of global GDP will be tokenized in some shape or form. So interesting. Um, in terms of the pilots that we've seen here in Singapore, the technical pilots we've seen, HSBC, MarketNote, UOB, um, looking at the issuance and distribution of digitally native structured products. We've seen Schroders partnering Callistone to explore the capabilities of a tokenized investment vehicle meant to improve personalization of investment products. Explain to us how you see the range of assets that can be potentially tokenized expanding in the years to come. You mentioned uh, a certain proportion of GDP, but I think it might be interesting for investors to think about this whole range of asset classes that can be potentially tokenized. Absolutely. I think, uh, in my view, so imagine a three-horizon scenario. So I think in horizon number one, which was in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, the lowest hanging fruit was bond carbon credits, green bonds, etc. Yeah. So a lot of industry experiments were involved around the fixed income products for tokenization. Now we are seeing asset owners like uh, owners of ports and solar farms and, and farmlands uh, looking at tokenizing real-world assets and distributing to investor bases. We've all already seen the likes of KKR and Blackstone coming up with uh, headlines on tokenizing their private equity farm funds. In the future the more efficient and liquid asset classes like equities will also uh, start to get tokenized. Already we are seeing a lot of banks issuing their own tokenized fiat in forms of tokenized deposits and stable coins. We are looking at almost 70 plus central banks globally looking at issuing central bank digital currency, which is also nothing but tokenized fiat at the end of the day. And I think if you look at it holistically in the next, as I said, five to six years, 
I believe that it will be a twenty trillion dollar opportunity for the industry. And uh, yeah, I mean, I believe at least ten percent of global GDP will be tokenized in some shape or form. So, asset tokenization has been described as maybe one of the most compelling applications of blockchain technology. Help us understand the potential it has to maybe change the dynamic for uh, investors and opportunities that were previously out of reach. So as I said earlier, so if let's say I am uh, an accredited investor in Singapore, let's say I my total net worth is half a million dollars. Now with half a million dollars, I will still not be able to access the large private equity opportunities or I'll not be able to invest in, let's say, a uh, uh, a new power plant that is being developed in, in Malaysia or, or Dubai. Now, with tokenization, asset owners can take matters in their own hands, fractionalize, uh, fractionalize ownership, distribute cross-border, and reduce the ticket size. So that way, I, as, uh, although even uh, I am an accredited investor, but I get access to uh, instruments which I never have. Similarly, if I am, let's say, a small retail investor and I want to buy a, a stock of Berkshire Hathaway, which is trading at about half a million dollars today, but with tokenization, I can actually get a, a very small, I can I can buy as low as $1 worth of Berkshire Hathaway stock and I can trade it 24 cross 7. I don't have to rely uh, only on the market trading hours. I can actually distribute my, my tokens to my friends and family even on a Saturday evening. So I think those are some of the value adds from an investor perspective that I see with tokenization. Let's take a step back and look at it in the context of Singapore. So MAS has announced an expansion of Project Guardian uh, meant to test the potential of asset tokenization across more financial asset classes. Uh, mm-hmm. And to support the initiative, they've also established an industry group of some 11 financial institutions meant to lead the industry pilots in asset management, fixed income, foreign exchange. What do you make of this latest development? Look, I, I feel very fortunate that I'm in Singapore. I, I came here 10 years ago when uh, the fintech boom was on. And if you look at the history of uh, Singapore and MAS for the last 10 years, through various public-private partnerships, by bringing stakeholders together, yeah. MAS was able to make Singapore the global fintech hub. Now, I see MAS playing a similar role through Project Guardian and other initiatives. And I think in the next three to four years, Singapore will become the, the tokenization and DeFi hub globally. And I think this is uh, kudos to MAS with, with a very forward-looking approach to policy making. Uh, so I, again, with, with Project Guardian, the, the aim really is to test the feasibility of applications of asset tokenization and DeFi and how those two novel technologies come together. And they are doing it through pilot experimentation, while managing risk to financial stability and integrity, which I think it has been the, the approach taken by MAS for the last 10 years with FinTech. So I personally feel that this will uh, remove any uh, complexities or, or that thought process that, oh, this is all uh, you know, a gray area with, with no regulations in place. This will allow MAS to work with the industry and then create thoughtful frameworks and guidelines in the future that will only encourage more participants, not only in Singapore, but globally to come here and do experiments uh, around tokenization and, and decentralized finance in a, in a very uh, uh, guardrail environment, so to speak. Let's talk about some of those guardrails. When you look at tokenization and regulation, help us understand the current landscape and what you think may be still needed. 
So I think, uh, to, be, to be very honest with you, global regulators have taken a very forward-looking approach. I think uh, there is a consensus now in majority of the markets that this really is the future and they need to create guardrails around it. So come, starting from the European Union, who have come up with the, uh, the new framework called called uh, Mika, mm-hmm. which basically looks at digital assets industry holistically. Singapore actually, again, uh, five years ago, was one of the, became one of the first regulators to come up with the, the digital payments token regime, DPT, although that's limited to payments token or cryptocurrency. But I think in Singapore, they've also taken a very forward-looking approach by, by extending the, the capital markets licensing framework for any securities token issuer. And I think MAS is also coming up with new regulations around stable coins. So holistically speaking, I think in Singapore, we already have a very uh, fairly clear regulatory uh, environment. Now, there are markets in other places of the world where I, I wish uh, they could take a leaf out of Singapore's book and come up with similar clarity around uh, digital assets, which I honestly will 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 happen. But I think the, the need of the hour really for the global standard setting bodies like IOSCO and FSB and uh, uh, the other, other uh, FATFs to come together and create globally consistent guidelines so that there are no regulatory arbitrage. Similar to what happened in the post-2008 financial crisis when, when regulators came together and created a, a globally, holistically and consistent uh, framework for uh, financial services. So more dialogue expected. Talk to us about the dangers, potential dangers of digital asset uh, tokenization. I'm thinking possibly recourse, redress in, in case of damage due to technical issue might be one area or theft. Uh, what do you see as some of the risks of digital asset innovation um, that could matter from an investor perspective? Yeah, I think the, the two key highlights that uh, at least we at Fireblocks are very, uh, very, very keenly focused on. Uh, number one, obviously, is cybersecurity. Mm. That's the number one risk. Uh, blockchain technology, uh, until today, I mean, uh, these are complex technologies for an investor use. It's mm. not like you, you go on the web and click on a click on a button. There are, I think, from a user experience standpoint, there are things uh, which still need to be evolved. And I think cybersecurity will will form that foundation layer, and which is why we at Fireblocks are focused on that. Cybersecurity is in our DNA, and uh, our founders came, came from that kind of a background. The number, the other risk that I see is around operations. Again, there are many complexities linked to digital assets, whether it's custody, whether it's uh, transferring of the assets. So again, I'll give you an example. Today, if, you, if I want to transfer one Bitcoin from my wallet to your wallet, the way it will work is you will give me your deposit address, uh, I will copy-paste it, then I'll do a test transaction, but I'll be very nervous whether you actually receive the token or, or not. And then once you have, I'll make, go on and make the remainder payments, which is, again, a very tedious experience. Yeah. And that, again, remains one of uh, Fireblocks' key focus areas to remove complexities from digital assets, whether it's pure cryptocurrency or, or any tokenized asset. And we are by far the, the leading and the largest player in this uh, industry. Can you help us understand how you're reducing some of that complexity or friction involved? Of course. So basically, if you look at any digital assets business, whether it's tokenization or cryptocurrency, custody remains as the foundation layer. And that is where we sit. So, you know, as the same goals during the gold rush sell gold rush, uh, service, so that's what we are doing. We are, we are basically creating a new infrastructure mm. for this brave and new exciting world. So we work with uh, industry segments, um, various industry segments from financial institutions like BNY or ANZ in Australia who are looking to launch digital asset custody operations or tokenizing various asset classes. To large FMPG and e-commerce companies who are looking to tokenize loyalty rewards. To large payments companies like WorldPay who are looking to make payments more seamless. And last but not least, also a bunch of central banks who are looking to launch uh, 
central bank is to digital currencies. So we, we become the, the infrastructure provider and we provide the building blocks for all these enterprises to remove complexities from digital assets uh, operations and by providing a very secure infrastructure layer on, on, on top of which they can start building their services. Very interesting to hear how tokenization is accelerating innovation in the financial sector, Fireblocks being one example of this. What is your outlook, uh, Saga, before you leave? Help us understand your outlook on the future of tokenization. Sure. So I think, uh, in three simple words, I see of a tokenizing, tokenization flywheel effect uh, kicking off uh, from this year onwards. Now, what that means is, on one hand, you have the asset owners. These are uh, private equity companies and, and infrastructure owners who will be looking to tokenize various assets. On the other hand, you have banks and central banks issuing tokenized fiat, either CBDCs or tokenized deposits or stable coins. Then you have the uh, exchanges like uh, Singapore Stock Exchange or CME or London Stock Exchange looking to list these tokens. And then you have decentralized finance protocols looking to create permission pools for these tokens. Now, when you look at all these forces coming together, that creates this flywheel effect where you start looking at that $16 trillion or $20 trillion opportunity becoming a reality in the next three, four years. And we at Fireblocks want to be at the center of the ecosystem, bringing all these four forces together and becoming that de facto infrastructure provider for this uh, brave and exciting new world. Well, thank you for joining us. We've been looking forward to a tokenized future this morning with Saga Sarpai, Global Head of Business Solutions and Advisory at Fireblocks. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.